my cross you bore. It was my cross you bore, so I could live in the today with our series or our message on a great key to blessing. Amen? Hallelujah. A great key to blessing. Let's dive right in. So we've been talking about what is the greatest key to blessing? Humility. Hallelujah. Humility is one of the greatest keys to blessing. And we read from Mark chapter 10 verse 35 to 45 about what Jesus, let's just read that, about what Jesus considers, which is different from what we consider or think about. Amen? So let's use the ESV for this. ESV. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, come unto him saying, Master, we would that you should us do, we, Master, we would. Okay, let's keep it at ESV. Thank you. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him and said to him, Teacher, 
We want you to do for us whatsoever or whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. Jesus said unto them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. I need to show you how to do it smoothly because it's not working. I'm but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be saved, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Hallelujah. So it is very clear that Jesus was saying that if we want to be the greatest, then we must be the servant of all. If we want to be the first or proton or the chief or protos, then we must be the slave of all. Jesus Christ, who is our God, did not come to be saved, but came to save. Hallelujah. And to give his life as a ransom for many. So you and I must see this as how God sees it. Those among us here, who is the greatest here? Who is the first before God here? It's not the pastor. The first here is the one who is the most humble. So it could be the, the young ones. It could be you. Amen. But it, 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 it is not, the, the title doesn't make us the greatest. It is the most humble. I don't know if you are getting what I'm talking about. So we began to talk about humility. Look at uh, uh, Matthew 5.5. 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 5. The meek shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I see you inheriting the earth. Amen. Amen. James chapter 4, verse 6 to 10. James chapter 4. Verse 6 to 10. James chapter 4. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he seeth, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, verse 7, please. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Verse 8. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, 
ye double-minded. Just going quickly through. And then Lucas 14, 11. Lucas or Luke 14, 11. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. How many want to be abased? You know, sometimes in church, people, as soon as they say how many, people shoot their hands up before they even understand. So how many want to be abased? People raise their hands before they realize, no, let me put it down. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. How many want to be exalted? What should you do before you can be exalted? You must Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Hallelujah. And he will lift you up. Humble yourself in the sight of God. Is it now starting? Hallelujah. How many are getting what I'm saying? Very, very important. Okay. So we started to talk about pride. Hallelujah. Pride since it's just starting. So the great key to blessing, hallelujah, is humility. And we read from Mark chapter 10, verse 35 to 45. And we went through that quickly. We also read James chapter 4, verse 6 to 10. Lucas 14, 11. And now we want to just quickly go over what we've been talking about. Pride, examples of pride in the Bible. But before then, look at Proverbs 16, 18. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goeth before destruction, and an haughty spirit before a fall. How many want to fall? Then have a haughty spirit. A haughty spirit as if you are better than everyone, you are big, you are great. Hallelujah. No one wants that. Proverbs 6, 12 to 19. In fact, let's look at Proverbs 8.13, a very interesting one. Proverbs 8.13. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. Then we'll go to the other one. Proverbs 8.13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. So if you and I want to fear the Lord, hate evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the fraud mouth do I hate. So one thing God hates is pride and arrogancy. Look at this in the ESV. Pride and arrogancy, God hates. He hates pride. He hates arrogancy. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogancy and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. Look at it in the NLT. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. That is why I hate pride, arrogance, corruption, and perverted speech. So let's be careful not to be arrogant or proud. Proverbs 16, Proverbs 6, 12 to 19. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 12 to 19. A naughty, let's use NLT for this. A quick recap. How many are getting what I'm talking about? Here is a description of worthless and wicked people. They are constant liars. Lies, 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 lies. God hates lies. 
signaling their true intentions to their friends by making signs with their eyes and feet and fingers. Because you can use your hands, feet, and fingers to say things that are not good. Their perverted hearts plot evil. They stir up trouble constantly. But they will be destroyed suddenly, broken beyond all hope of healing. There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. The King James says, yeah, there are six, thi six things the Lord hates. Yeah, seven are an abomination unto him. Haughty eyes. That has to do with your perception of yourself, your pride. A lying tongue. Hands that keep the, kill the innocent. So what is the first of the things God hates? A haughty eyes. A heart that plots evil. Feet that race to do wrong. A false witness who pours out lies. A person who sows discord among brothers. But the first of them is, has to do with pride and arrogance. How many get what I'm saying? God hates it. That we give examples of people who were proud and what happened to them. Now, before that, Proverbs 13 10, someone will say, But these are for proud people. I'm not proud. These are for proud people. I am not a proud person. Proverbs 13 10. Tete, are you proud? You don't know. Let's find out. I'll ask you after this. Pride leads to arguments. Those who take advice are wise. Pride leads to arguments. Are you proud? Oh, answer the question. Huh? A little bit. Okay. If I, I've argued before, so it shows that I've got some pride in me. So it should be easy to see because the Bible, you can't argue with the Bible. If you argue with the Bible, you are going off. So you should have said, yes, the Bible says it. I can't defend myself. So it shows that I have some pride in me because I've argued. Have you argued before? Recently? So what does it mean? There you go. <laughs> but there are levels of pride. When you cross a certain threshold, threshold, then God starts to oppose you. But make sure. So, so that's why you and I, our duty is to try not to be arguing all the time. Or try not to argue. Because when you see yourself as nothing, why will you argue? How can nothing argue? When you see a dead goat and you stab it, will it affect you? When you see a, a dead body and you, you insult the dead body, you spend an hour insulting the dead body, is it going to touch you? No. If you take a child, a, a little child, I'm not talking about Phoebe's age, but a young child, and you... you, 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 you you treat the child some way or you insult the child, how quickly would the child let go of it? Very, very quickly. It shows that the child is not proud. So you and I, we must always see the fact that, look, once we've argued, it doesn't matter whether there's a right or wrong, because Jesus didn't argue. He was able to just prove his case and walk away. You and I must learn to deal with uh, 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 Conflict the way Jesus did. Jesus was also very fierce. He was able to whip the, 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 the money changers in the temple and drive them out. 
He was tall, strong. He was able to drive them out of the temple. Jesus. He said, my house shall be a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves because everyone who wants to sacrifice should be able to sacrifice to God. And everyone should be able to sacrifice. Even if you don't have much money, you should be able to buy a turtle dove or buy something. But the people who were selling in the temple were making merchandise, were making money, were making profit. But all the doves and all the animals were not supposed to be for profit. But were supposed to be sold or, 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 or given to people so that they can sacrifice. But people were making money out of it. And it was becoming a business. So God was very angry. And drove them out through the, the bed cages, threw them on the floor, very angry, and pushed them out. Get out, whip them. God, whip them. Get out, get out. But he wasn't arguing, arguing. He's not proud. God is the only one who can do certain things. Anyone who does that is proud. Does that make sense? God is the only one who can say, I'm, I'm lofty, I'm, I'm great, I'm big. I'm, I'm mighty. I, 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 I need to be praised. I, I deserve praise. No, nobody else can do that. Jesus entered, Matthew 21, 12. Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the merchants and their customers. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the stalls of those selling doves. 13. He said, the scripture declares, my temple or my house will be called a place of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Verse 14. You think a, 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 a servant of God cannot get angry? Or God cannot get angry? And then it goes on. God can get angry. Hallelujah. We talked about the pride of King Uzziah. So it shows that you and I must be careful when God blesses us. Because God blessed him. God promoted him. When you read from 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 15 to 23, 2 Kings 15, 1 to 5, you see that God promoted him. The Bible says King Uzziah was famous. He was well known. He built bulwarks. I mean, he built machines and things that were not invented at that time. Apart from maybe during the time of the Nephilim or whatever. But things that were not built at that time. And he was, his fame spread, are we still waiting? Should I say it again? Second Chronicles 26, 15 to 23. And his fame spread abroad. His, his fame spread abroad. People knew about him. People heard about him. And the Bible says because he had marvelous help. You see, uh, 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 NLT says, As, and he produced machines mounted on the walls of Jerusalem. Designed brilliant men designed by brilliant men to shoot arrows and hailstones from the towers and the corners of the wall. So it was not done at that time. His fame spread far and wide, for the Lord helped him wonderfully, wonderfully, until he became very powerful. Powerful. But when he had become powerful, he also became proud. So you and I must be careful when we become powerful, whether it is through millions or God blessing us to succeed in anything we are doing, we must be very careful that as promotion comes, there is an enemy that can be lurking behind the door. And that enemy is pride. And that enemy, when it takes a hold of you and I, or, or not when, if, when it takes a hold of someone, it will destroy that person. Because the Bible says that Satan, the pride consumed him from the inside out. 
can you believe that someone has also said that I'm proud and that my pride will consume me from the inside out? Hey, according to who? God forbid. All because you are doing the work of God. But when he had become powerful, he also became proud, which led to his downfall. He sinned against the Lord, his God, by entering the sanctuary of the Lord's temple and personally burning incense on the altar. Not supposed to be done. Only the Levites, only the children of Aaron, their descendants. No, 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 no. Burning incense. Imagine, the king is there, anointed by the priests and the prophets. Are, are you getting me? Then, the king becomes great. Everyone knows about him. But the king knows it's only the priests who are supposed to be offering incense. But as soon as he, he, he reaches the Forbes magazine, he reaches the, 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 the status of the richest man, the most famous man, and he starts to become proud. Then he says that, I will do it. I'm the king. I can do what I want. I will do it. Ahazah, the high priest, went in after him with 80, 80 other priests of the Lord, all brave men. Continue. They confronted King Uzziah and said, it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is the work of the priests alone, the sons of Aaron who are set apart for this work. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have sinned. The Lord God will not honor you for this. Uzziah was furious. Instead of falling down like David did. God will not honor me for this. Oh God, forgive me. No, he was furious. Sometimes when someone is angry because of a correction, it shows that they are ready for a fall if they are not careful. Uzziah was furious and refused to set down the incense banner he was holding. But as he was standing there with the priest before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy suddenly broke out on his forehead. When Azariah and the other priests saw the leprosy, they rushed him out. And the king himself was eager to get out because the Lord has struck him. See how humble. When, 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 we ex, when someone exhausts themselves, God is able to humble them so much. Because of that, he was kept in a several house, a house where lepers are till he died. He could not be seen by people. Someone who was so great. So King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in isolation, excluded from the temple of the Lord. His son Jotham was put in charge of the royal palace and he governed the people of the land. What is next? The rest of the events of Isaiah's reign from beginning to end are recorded by the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. That's why in Isaiah, I believe it's chapter 6, go to Isaiah 6.1, in the year that King Uzziah died, after he died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Lofty and exalted. This train filled the temple and it goes on. Isaiah 6, please. Hallelujah. So that's the story of Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. Hallelujah. What do you think? Yeah. In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. This, the King Uzziah they are talking about is the one who got leprosy. I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne 
and the train of his robe filled the temple. Wow. Then he goes on. Then Hezekiah, because he wanted to brag, to show, number one, you are not supposed to show the secret things to unbelievers. But you are trying to brag and show how powerful you are. And you show the sacred things to the unbelievers because of your pride. Then God says, oh, really? Is, did you do this? Did you show the people? Is it the Arabians? Did you show them all the, the vessels? He said, yes, I showed them everything in the kingdom. Then God said, that's it. You are done. Your children will be taken captive. And there will be eunuchs. So it means that, that's it. You are cut off. <laughs> hey. Then we talked about Nebuchadnezzar, the pride of Nebuchadnezzar. That, that was Daniel 4, 28 to 37. Nebuchadnezzar after. You see, the, you see, so we must be careful what we see. We must be careful what we see. As for what comes into our minds, we cannot control it. Nebuchadnezzar was walking in his palace and said, wow, look at the glory of my majesty, the splendor of my majesty, what I have built. Then he, that was the end. The God said, I'm going to drive you from among men and you are going to be insane for seven years or seven times until you are able to declare and know that the most high reigneth seven periods of time until you are able to know that the most high rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he pleases. Let's continue. Uh, let's go to verse 37. That very same hour, the prophecy, verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, that very same hour, the prophecy, please leave it there. That very same hour, the prophecy was fulfilled. Which one is which? We keep switching it. Is this the one? Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and glorify and honor the king of heaven. All his acts are just, just and true. And he is able to humble those who are proud. What does verse 38 say? Okay, go to verse 36. There's something I want us to see in verse 36. When my sanity returned to me, so did my honor and glory and kingdom. My advisors and officers sought me out and I was re-established as head of my kingdom with even greater honor than before. Now I was what? I was re-established. So I didn't establish myself, but the God of heaven established me. He, so Nebuchadnezzar realized that it was the God of heaven who established him before and it's the God of heaven who re-established him. But he had no power on with himself to establish himself. No one can do anything unless it's been granted by God. And then the pride of Herod. So it means that with Nebuchadnezzar's story, what can I learn from that? I shouldn't speak out a proud thing. I shouldn't say, ah, but I'm better than him. Ah, but I'm better than her. Ah, this person, oh, look at what benefits they have. Oh, she just got married. Or, oh, he just got this. I, 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 I'm better than him. I, no. Careful what we say. You are better than him? You are better than her? What makes you and I better than another? Why should we say, oh, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm nicer than him. I'm better than him. 
I deserve more than him. I don't see how it is pride until God revealed it to me when I was going to have surgery. And I'm like, ah, but there are unbelievers. There are people who don't serve you. They are not being cut open. How can you do this, Lord? How can you cut up? How? I'm serving you. Why would you allow me to have surgery? Why? But that, that is me saying to God that I'm better than them. So that was pride. It's better to identify it so you can pray about it. But many people do it. and Many people behave proud or speak proud things and they don't know they're just proud. Or they don't know that they spoke a proud thing. But it's better to know it so you can say, God, forgive me for that proud utterance. Versus you speak proud, prideful things and you don't ask for forgiveness because you don't know you've spoken a proudful, proudful, prideful thing. Or God reveals it to you but you brush it off. You and I must be very careful. Nebuchadnezzar had it in his mind, but it was when he began to speak it out. Go to verse. Go to verse 28. It was when he began to speak it out. I deserve more than him. This is a homeless person. What? I, I, I deserve the chicken. How can the homeless person get that chicken? I don't, I don't get it. I deserve more honor. What is a homeless person doing here and I am behind them? Why didn't you honor me? Why are you treating me, uh, this whole person, better than me? But all these things happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Continue. Twelve months later, he was taking a walk on the flat roof of the royal palace or palace in Babylon. As he looked out across the city, he said, just look at this great city of Babylon. I, by my own might power, or by my own mighty power, have built this beautiful city as my royal residence and as an expression of my royal splendor. He spoke it out. While he was still speaking, but in heaven, there are human beings now who are still speaking. It's written, it, it, God has spoken in heaven, and we don't know. And we'll only see the repercussions of it. Repercussions. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Nebuchadnezzar, the Bible wrote it that God, there was a voice uh, from heaven. While he was still speaking, these words. These words, a voice called down from heaven. So we know it because that's written in the Bible. But human beings now, no one will hear a voice. They'll just see things not going well. They'll just see themselves being abased. I don't know if if you're hearing what I'm saying. Pride was the first sin in the universe. And because of that, God does not like pride. Also, Acts chapter 12, verse 13 to 23. Now, flattery. Do not receive flattery. Do not accept flattery. Do not accept flattery. Oh, you are the best. Oh, you are so good. Wow, wow. You, 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 wow, you are powerful. Your voice is like the voice of a God. They told Herod, and he did not give glory to God, and that was the end. While Saul of Tarsus, who became Apostle Paul, 
when they told him that you are a God, he rent his clothes and said, no, that is not my plan. I was healing to show Jesus power. I, was not, I, 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 I did not pray for the person to be healed and show this powerful might for you to think I'm a God. He tore his clothes and said, no. Two differences. One is accepting it. Yes, you are tough. You are strong. You are a healer. Everyone, healer, if I'm a healer, Jesus is the healer. Look at Acts chapter 4. Let's look at 34. I think it's 31. Let's start from 30. Acts chapter 4, verse 30. Healer, but many people, they'll feel that they are the ones who have the power. Let's start from 28. I don't know if you're hearing what I'm talking about. Miracle worker. That's why Catherine Kuman said, I don't even have power to, to, to even do anything. I'm not a healer. Don't call me a faith healer. I'm not a faith healer. I just have faith in God. That's all. In fact, everything they did, for, okay, Acts 4, 28. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Continue. You can read the thing later on. And now, Lord, Behold their threatenings. This is when they threaten them not to preach or teach in the name of Jesus. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thine hand. Whose hand? Paul's hand? Peter's hand? No. By stretching forth thine hand to heal. And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. So it's clear that it is God who is doing the healing. Through the name of his holy child, Jesus. Not a human being. Continue. Okay. Hallelujah. Never mind. It's, it's okay. Amen. So how many are getting what I'm saying? So it's very, very important to understand that. When God does something or blesses you and I or does something through us or we, we do something which is a significant thing, it is very important for us not to accept what people are saying because we didn't do it. Anything we do ourselves will fail. Anything we do that succeeded genuinely, it was God who did it for us. Oh, I thought you would say amen to that. Amen. And it's a good way to think. I used to think so until God gave me the answer. Unbelievers are not doing, who don't believe in God, when they have money, who give them the money? So why should I say that God gave it to me when I worked hard and I got the money the same way the unbeliever got it? When you think in a certain way, you ask that question. David asks, why are the, 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 the unrighteous prospering? Because it wasn't God who gave the drag baron the millions. Was it God? Phoebe, was it God? God gave the drug baron the millions. Of course not. So who gave them that money? It wasn't God. The devil also has ways to give money. Or the world system also has ways to give money. So what is the difference between someone who is an unbeliever who made millions... And a Christian who made millions, who gave the unbeliever the millions? Who gave the Christian the millions? God gave the Christian the millions, and the unbeliever got it in another way. The blessings of the Lord, they make it rich, 
but they added no sorrow. So it means that there are certain, in quote, blessings or benefits that can come upon a person which is not from God, which can give you riches, not true riches, but financial wealth, but sorrows will be attached to it, and there will be no peace, there will be no fulfillment. But when God blesses you and I, and he gives you, not just bless us, but you, you can put your hands together for the Lord. When God blesses you and I, he blesses us with true riches, the Holy Spirit. He blesses us with his blessing, and a side effect of the blessing is finances. Finances have never been God's blessing only. When God blesses, he blesses you and I with a blessing and finances are attached to it. Abraham, I will bless you. Uh, 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 uh. Jacob. When, when, when Isaac blessed Jacob, Isaac blessed Jacob with a blessing which was more than financial blessings. But the financial blessings were as a result. The Bible says Abraham was very rich. God gave Abraham the riches. And when God blesses you, it, you are secure where you are. So then I understood that the unbeliever can make their money the way they want to. That's not my business. But my business is that when I, anything succeeds in my life, it is God who gave it to me. I was in the plane from Rwanda, and I watched, uh, uh, Abigail, I think you told me about it, the story of Gucci. Gu Gu Gucci. Didn't you watch it? Yeah. A family business. By, by the time the, 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 the business was on the stock exchange and making millions, hundreds of millions, not a single Gucci family was a part of it. And the son of one of the, the Gucci founders died poor in London. Or London. He died poor. So it shows that as for riches, sorrow, the, the way they suffered, the wife killed him. <laughs> the, the son who, who inherited it killed him. And every, look, the man's son died poor. And now Gucci, or Gucci is a well-known brand. But when God blesses, he causes you to leave an inheritance for your children's children. Hallelujah. So there's a difference between when God blesses and when the enemy blesses. Now, Versace, I was in London, I think it was a long time ago. He, has, he had money. He was shot at his gate, in front of his gate, as he was going, as he was going home. Pow! Shot, killed. So now, did he enjoy the riches? I don't, I'm not judging him. I'm just talking about what the news said. This news. How I many I get what I'm saying? But when God bless, so you and I must be understanding. And if it was God who gave it to me, how can I glory over someone when I didn't make the money myself? 
but it was God who gave me the ability to obtain the wealth. How can I look down on someone who has not received that ability yet and look down on them when I received and I didn't do? For it is God who giveth us the ability or the power to obtain wealth for his establishing of his covenant, which he swore unto our fathers. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So we must be very careful. And when we receive abundance of revelations or God uses us, we must try to humble ourselves so that a thorn in the flesh will not need to be presented. Two ways. The greater the revelation or the greater the use, the more exposed you are. So now the question is, does God need to save us and help us by giving a thorn or allowing a thorn in the flesh to come? Or we can say, Lord, I don't want no thorn. I'll humble myself so that you need to humble me. Because it's better for God to give a thorn in the flesh than for you to go to hell. It's better any day. But why do you even need a thorn in the flesh when you can say, God, I need humility. Give me a meek and a humble spirit. Yes, as I'm going up in you, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I want to see myself less. As I'm going up in you, I want to see myself as nobody. The more I see myself, when I say nobody, I don't mean like uh, uh, depression or like low self-esteem. No, I want to see myself as nobody without you. The greater God uses you, the more we must see ourselves as I must decrease so he must increase. Not I must increase because he's increasing. Don't shut me down. I'm preaching good here. Hallelujah. What's the time? Okay. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Very important. Because I've come to see that God, you see that God tries the reins, you see, he, he, he tries our thoughts and our intentions all the time. So God is always testing our thoughts and intentions. You might be, you are not supposed to do that. Of course, if you had tried to marry someone, you, those single, you are trying to marry someone, you have to test the thoughts and their intentions. <laughs> because you are trying to marry the person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to see what they will do. But at the, <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, God is always testing us. What will you do in this situation? What will you do in that situation? How will you behave in this uh, situation? How do you see things in this situation? The Bible says God tries the reins. He, he, he tests our thoughts, our intentions, our motives all the time. So sometimes he will give us uh, 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 Isaac uh, uh, Abraham sacrifice situation and see what you do. He will test us in many ways to see how are we going to respond to it. Hallelujah! The main thing is to just fall at his feet and say, Lord, I'm not what I'm supposed to be. I'm not where I used to be, but I ain't sure where I used to be. But I'm going where you want me to be. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. 
the Lord, Jeremiah 17.10. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins. Even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. It is not the end result that always matters. Oh yes, why? Because it is God who produces the end result. So how can God judge us based on the end result when he's the one who did the end result? He wants to see how, what we will do, how we will do it, the willingness to do it, the motives behind it, the thought process behind it. What do you think? So it's very important to also be testing ourselves. That's why the Bible says, examine yourselves. Or I try I examine myself every time. When I feel, I just say it clear. I don't mock around. I don't, why will you hide it? Because God sees it. It's made bare. So how will you hide it? You talk to God about it. So you and I must examine ourselves regularly. 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 What do you think? And don't don't always go towards the side of, oh, I did it good. Oh, I'm, I'm good. Don't, uh, don't, don't, if you are going to deviate, don't deviate towards the, I'm, I'm good, I got it good. <clears throat> there was a time after the crusade in uh, <clears throat> Rwanda, we were just chatting. Have I told you guys the story already? We're just chatting. And as we're chatting, we're asking, hey, all these things we are doing, we hope God is happy with us all. Not only that, but is God even happy with our lives? Not that we are doing some wild thing, because God, is, God doesn't say, okay, don't just think about you are doing some bad sin. Sometimes God can, you can be proud and God that is not happy with you or you are, not, uh, you are being wicked to vulnerable people and God is angry with you. It doesn't have to be anything. So I was just asking why we're talking about it. Is, is God really happy as we are doing these crusades and everything? Is he overlooking some of our issues? And what, what else were you talking Those are the kind of things we're talking about. Yeah. We're just wondering. Because we're not saying to ourselves, oh, miracles, big crusade, miracles, well, big crusade relative. When we are 100,000, uh, 1 million people uh, at a crusade, not because I'm trying to be proud, but because we are trying to reach people. Satan has, to, it must, his kingdom has been depopulated. Christ is coming. And if Christ is coming, how can we play? You. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, how can we play? Christ is coming in heaven. Is Christ saying, no, he should have done it this way. This person should have done it. Is that what Christ is saying in heaven? When Christ is judging us, it would be very wild. Though. All the people who criticize, you don't know what you are saying. When, when Christ is judging us, hey, to be very wild. But anyway, we're talking. I'm talking about judging us, especially every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account of in the day of judgment. So all those who like to criticize crusades, criticize people who are doing things, when Christ comes, we'll see the vindications and the people who will not be vindicated. Oh yeah, it's very important. What do you think? So as we're talking, 
Then, all of a sudden, someone, prophetess person, said they must see us. And then the kind of thing they told us was soothing. That God, yes, they said a few things. That one is a private issue. Yeah, you can put your hands together for the Lord. We didn't know. We, from, we're just asking ourselves. A few minutes later, God sent someone to tell us that he's very happy. What, what are some of the things he said? Who remembers? Quick, yeah, take the mic. Though you don't need to go to all the details about the, yeah, the nicer, those nice deeds, but just, just say, just when, yeah, you know. Okay. Well, the main thing I remember yeah, is private. The, the God's fighting, you don't need to say that one. When he fights it, then when God fights it. But no, but I'm talking about whether he's happy with us. What did, he, what did she say? He was just saying that he's um, very um, happy with what we are doing and that we should just continue to do it. And the most, I think the most important thing is to be, um, depend on him, look to him to guide us. Amen. Yes, he said he was happy with us. Hallelujah. As for the other one, God was going to fight certain battles. But hallelujah. Fight certain battles for us. Hallelujah. Because we are doing his work. Amen? That's a whole different ballgame altogether. But God is our banner. <clears throat> Amen? But it was just nice. Amen? But as, so, so it's important to ask yourself the questions. I don't know if you got what I mean. What I'm doing, examine yourselves. Get that scripture. Examine yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine. We must prove and examine ourselves. That's why we're asking. We just finished the crusade. Many souls were won. Many souls, miracles, eyes opening, blind, people who couldn't see could see, hands back, uh, the woman bowed, all these things. But we still, because that doesn't mean anything. Whether God is happy with you, the fact that those are happening. Miracles, that doesn't mean that God is happy with you. So we asked, I was asking us, is God happy with me? Is God happy with us? And thank God he gave the answer. <clears throat> Second Corinthians 13.5 Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove yourself, your own selves. Know ye not... Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except he be reprobate. But the part is exam. Let's use NLT for this. Just the beginning part. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is really genuine. Thank you. Examine yourselves to see if your faith is really genuine. If you examine yourself, where is the pride coming? How are you going to be proud when you are asking God, please, I need your mercy and your grace. Thank, thank God, and I'm praying more about it, that after, uh, whether it's a crusade or anything, I don't, I try not to say, hey, wow, oof, God did it good, we did. But rather, God, please, Thank you for the opportunity. Please help me. Because I'm trying not to be proud. Oh, sometimes you're talking to someone. Hey, 
he, he was powerful. Hey, he was powerful. So how, uh, Reverend David, how was it? It wasn't powerful. You've hardly hear me say, hey, Charlie, it was powerful. Oh. You hardly hear me say it. I'll just say, oh, God, oh, we thank God, whatever. But some people, hey, the way it was powerful. What? Come and see me in style. That's pride. <laughs> yeah, so let's be careful. That's pride because come and see me in style. Who did it? Who made the style? Was it me or God? Daddy, as you sang, was it you or God who made the When you say, see me in style, what does it mean? It means that it was your own effort that we are seeing. The style is your effort. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. So, it's very important. That's to examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Why are you doing what you are doing? Who glory? Why are you doing what you are doing? Someone can be doing a lot of things for God because of competition. Someone can be doing, oh yeah. This person, you see how she sang? Okay, I'm going to outshine. When next time I'll sing. Or this person, <clears throat> look at how they preached. I'm going to preach. So not, oh God, what can I tell the people that would show what you want them to hear? Rather, the way I'm going to preach, they will know that I can preach. Look at the number of people who are in his church or the number of people who attended this program. I'll make sure that mine is more. You can imagine how God will be angry. Is the faith genuine? What we are doing? What is the motive? <clears throat> Some people might want to give more or do more because of compassion. That day we almost cried. The day we saw what they gave him, we wanted them to give him. Yeah. Yeah. But someone who wants to, 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 to do the same thing because, yes, I've done this more. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. So, meaning that if you wanted to do more for someone, why did you want to do more? Was it because of a love for them and pain that you couldn't do more? Or because you want to do more so that, yes, I've done more. <clears throat> God doesn't judge based on the results all the time. He judges based on why we did it, what we are doing, the motives. He tries. Test, uh, test yourselves. Test yourselves. Examine. Is, is what you are doing in what I'm doing, is it genuine? I'm always trying to check my motives for what I'm doing. When I see the motives are not right, then I try to fix it. <clears throat> if I see that 
you are, I'm struggling in a certain way, I push more towards it so that it's genuine. Because we ain't all perfect, we ain't perfect, we ain't. Am I speaking to somebody? So at the end of the day, when God judges us, <clears throat> people will be shocked. If I do something, so from now on, all of us, don't waste your energy and time trying to do something because of me. How wasted it will be. Or because of someone. If you are watching, you are doing it because of a person. I'll do it because of God. And if it aligns with a person, then I've got a bonus. Every time I was doing something, I did it and then it was produced. There was a time, I mean, yeah. Hallelujah. What I'm saying is that it must first be a conviction and something you want to do for God. Then when it is brought out to do it, it's easy because you determined to do it before it was brought out. <clears throat> Did you get that? Shall we down our preaching go here? Hallelujah. Let's wrap up. Galatians six one. Just have under ten minutes. <clears throat> I was privileged to learn how to preach a full message in 25 minutes. So I'll try to finish this in 10. Dear brothers and sisters, if another Christian is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Continue. Going to verse... Yeah, continue. Share each other's troubles and problems, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Verse 3. <clears throat> if you think you are too important to help someone in need, you are only fooling yourself. You are really a nobody. So, you and I must always look for the best in others. <clears throat> Did you get that? If someone has done something wrong, don't see yourself as better than them. Hallelujah. Don't see yourself as better than someone who... A woman should not see themselves as better than a woman who has committed seven abortions. <clears throat> Don't shut me down now, preaching a fine message. See yourself as someone who has not committed it because of God's grace, not because you couldn't have committed 20. Because maybe if you met that particular guy, or a guy that suits your interests, you'd be shocked how many you would have done. <clears throat> if you see yourself that way, it will help not to, be, not to be proud. And when someone is in that situation with seven, you'll be able to counsel them better. As for me, it doesn't matter whether you've slept with a demon, whether you've, you've had a, a breakfast with a, 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 a fallen angel. That one, I'll be like, Ish, Charlie, I have to fast before. But, <laughs> oh, they're under our feet. We are high above them. But nevertheless, you fast before. 
I thought you'd laugh. Even if someone has done that, because I've learned that I know how I am. <clears throat> Thank God he's shown me how I am, that I can do anything bad if God removes his hands. So when someone has done something wrong, I cannot judge them, but see that they were just unfortunate in this situation, but I can do the same. So let me help them and restore them. But those who have not done any things in a certain way before will be like, ah, how could she? How could he? God says, be careful because even though you've not done it before, because you said how, how could she, how could he, you might be in that situation. Sometimes when there is something, it doesn't have to be, and I, I'm, I ask myself, what did I do? Did I, was I judging someone? Do you understand? <laughs> you have to ask yourself, was I judging someone who lied or who did this for me to even, yeah, you have, you have to ask yourself that question. Because the Bible says that if you judge someone, you can enter into it. Or not even enter, but you'll be tempted. It doesn't mean you'll enter into it. You'll be tempted. Does that make sense? If you judge someone who is eating poison or, or who is eating something bad, you will, be, you, you, you will be tempted to eat it. It doesn't mean you eat it. But the more proud you are, the likely you eat it. Oh, glory. Did you get that? <clears throat> Humble yourselves. It's amazing what people find themselves doing. There's no time to go into it, but someone who is in a foreign country by herself has been tricked and lied to by someone, enters into prostitution by force, and is doing it, doing it, doing it, and then you see the person on the streets Nasty, wicked. That's no, 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 no. That's pride. What do you mean, nasty? Do you know where or how the person got there? It is still sin. It is still wrong. It is still unacceptable before God. But do you know how the person got there? Do you know the conditions that caused the person to be there? When we were in Rwanda and we had that outreach, and the woman was weeping. Nobody mattered. She said, I'm a prostitute. I've tried my best to give, come to Christ. I used to be a Christian before. And due to this relationship, that relationship, all sorts of things, I entered into prostitution. So as I was, she were holding her like a bosom loved one. As she was weeping and telling her, it is well. Pray for her, it is well. I mean, she was the most important person to me out of everybody else. Then you see people mocking her because they know what she was doing. Because you don't know how people get where they are. So you and I must be very careful. Some people, my brother was telling me about a, a, a lady who 
lives in another African country who needed money to pay her fees. So she was in Ghana and was doing prostitution there. And after that, she would go to Nigeria. Well, she's supposed to Nigeria. Then she would go to Nigeria, finish school, and then marry somebody and never tell the person that she was a prostitute. Hey! So the person will meet Madame Charming. And you will never know. But he encouraged her that, look, there are better ways. Trust God. I don't know if you get Some people just need an encouragement instead of a look down or a bash or, 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 or judging them. Sometimes, so, so she said, no, I'm, I'm, let's go. He said, sit down. Sit down with us. How much do you, were you going to be charged? He said 200. I'll give you 400. Just sit down with us. And started to talk to her about the Christ and the right way to go. Yeah. Sometimes that's important. Hallelujah. That's important. Jesus hanged out with Mary of Magdala. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. The Christians judge too much. We should have Christian t uh, uh, talk show judge dread. Christian judge dread. We should have talk shows because Christians judge a lot. And it's a sign of pride, arrogance. How can I judge someone for something I did in the past? How could I have forgotten where God has taken me from? What do you think? Romans 12.3. Am I preaching to somebody? Three more verses and we conclude. Romans 12.3. Romans 12.3. Romans 12.3. As God's messenger, I give each of you this warning. Be honest in your estimate of yourself. Measuring your value by how much faith God has given you. Look at it in King James. <clears throat> King James. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, at the church of Rome, and therefore for us, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. You and I must not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. <clears throat> Did you get that? Do not think of yourself higher than you have to think. Don't think of yourself above what is acceptable before God. Do not see or think of yourself higher than anyone else. Very important. Including the homeless person, that's the easiest. Or including the prostitute. One of the places I wanted to go to, we, not I alone, we wanted to go to was the prostitutes. We didn't get a chance to go, but nothing will stop us by the grace of God. Nothing will stop us when we go next. The prostitutes wanted to go there and show them the love of Jesus, that they are also people Jesus loves. 
don't see yourself more than you are. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. It's very important. Because if you study what I'm saying, you can easily see yourself better than someone who is not where they need to be. And then Colossians 2 verses, Colossians 3, 11 and 12. <clears throat> Did you get that? I know Michael got it. I don't know whether the rest of you got it. Yeah. Where? Hey, uh, okay. Colossians 3, 11 and 12. Okay. Where therefore is... Uh, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Verse 12. Put on therefore, or clothe yourselves therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Humbleness of mind and meekness. You and I must be humble in mind. Oh, you can be humble in action, but humble in mind. Humble in mind. Sometimes you get someone speaking when you call them. Yes? Yes? Who is that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Pastor. Oh! <laughs> Humble in mind. <laughs> Humbleness of mind. <laughs> and meekness humbleness of mind. Let's be humble. First Peter 5 5. First Peter chapter 5 and verse 5 as we conclude. Likewise, ye younger Submit yourselves unto the elder. It's in the Bible, so that's it. Younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. So it makes it clear that it's not a matter of just younger submitting to the elder. That's important. By the end of the day, everyone must submit themselves to each other. And be clothed with humility. For God resisted the proud and giveth grace unto the humble. You and I must clothe ourselves with humility. Tete, bring that. Come. <clears throat> and bring, the, bring that jacket. Or whatever you have on. In this heat. <laughs> okay. This is humility. When you wake up in the morning and you do not intentionally, willingly, Clothe. <laughs> Look at her face. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah. No, I'm talking about her. If <laughs> you don't willingly, intentionally put on humility, what will happen? What will happen is that you can easily forget yourself and 
say a proud thing. Easily forget yourself and think a proud thing. Easily forget yourself. If you are not careful, you can see someone in the morning, you wake up, you don't clothe yourself with humility, you are just walking around, you can easily make that mistake. Because, at least for me, I have to make a conscious effort on a regular basis to remember. And as you keep doing it, to become natural that no matter who the person is, I'm not better than them. Clothe yourself with humility. Now you wake up, this humility. So it's a conscious effort of mind and remembrance, intentional effort to clothe yourselves with humility. Now humility is on you. Therefore, it is in your mind to remember that I'm, I'm supposed to be humble at all times and no one is, I'm not better than anyone. Don't shut me down, I'm preaching good here. And because of that, because she's put on humility, she'll walk in humility. That's what the Bible says. Clothe, be clothed with humility. Very important. It means that every day when I wake up, I have to put on clothes. In the same way, when I wake up, I have to put on the cloak of humility. Intentionally put it on. So when I wake up, humility. As I'm thinking, any proud thought that comes, no, humility is on. Any proud speech, oh, I've achieved this, no, humility. Oh, look at what this person did. I have not done that. Humility, because it is on as a cloak. Clothe, you can put your hands together for the Lord. Clothe yourselves with humility. Thank you. You can remove the jacket. It's hot. <laughs> How many I get what I'm saying? So I pray that pride will be banished from us. And humility will be our bosom friend. And that on a regular basis, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a, an hourly basis, on a second by second basis, we would always have the mantle of humility on at all times. And as the mantle of humility comes on, that mantle is so strong that pride dissipates when the mantle is on. Did you get that? I'm not out of word, I'm just out of time. Shall we stand to our feet? Let's speak to Jesus. Ask God to give us the grace to be clothed with humility. So it is the highest rank in the kingdom of God. It's the highest rank in the kingdom of God. To be clothed with humility. To be clothed with humility. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, I don't want you to turn your face in displeasure because of pride. If anything, please remove pride from our hearts. We don't want anything to do with pride. We don't want anything to do with pride. We are praying for humility. Because pride is detestable. You hate it. And we also hate it. But you hate it more. So may 
we have meek and humble spirits for you resist you oppose the proud you oppose the proud you oppose the proud Lord humility your word says that the meek shall inherit the earth your word says that we must clothe ourselves with humility show us how to do it show us how to perfect the putting on of humility in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus ask him ask him we will be great if we are humble because God says that he will lift up the humble he will give grace unmerited favor undeserved help favor will be given to the humble he would lift up the humble so we pray for humility we want to be humble ask him Jesus give us humility in everything oh God your word says that if we commit ourselves to you as unto the faithful God you will bring it to pass your word says we must commit our ways unto you and you will establish them so we are committing our ways to you into your hands we are committing our humility into your hands because your word has made it very clear that if we do so you will bring it to pass you will establish it so lord establish our humility we are crying to you because we don't want anything to do with pride we want humility we want, we want humbleness of mind, humbleness of heart. In every way, humility. We know how it feels when people are proud. We don't want to be around them. We don't want to be proud. How much more you give us a hatred for pride. Ask him to give you a hatred for pride. Pride, pride, a hatred for pride in us. In the name of Jesus. And give us a love for humility. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
intentionally clothe ourselves with humility because we know that the meek shall inherit the earth we also know that you give more grace to the humble we also know oh God that you lift up the humble we pray that you take pride far away from us in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth we bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We may take our seats in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not sure where you're going. Hallelujah. You can come back. We have to sing for offering. Praise God. Let's take out a good offering. God, God is good. And all the time, God is good. Amen. Let's take out an offering. If you have your offering, you can raise your offering. Hallelujah. Give, and it will come back to you. Good measure, praise down, shaking and gathering, running over and give, and it will come back to you. When you give, So you can give, you can look on the screen. If you are on Zoom, you are online, just look on the screen and text to give and God will bless you because your texting to give is going to win souls, is going to establish Christ church, is going to help people, is going to help many people not only win, be, be, be won for Christ, but many people will be nourished in the church. Many people will be helped. Hallelujah. And God will bless you. Father God, we bless the offering and the tithe. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
Hallelujah. Father God, we bless you and worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, it's okay. You stay until I tell you to go. Until I tell you to go, you don't. I don't know why you go, keep going when you've not been told to go. The first thing you do is to walk. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> let's let let's. Um, um, I just want to say God bless all the online viewers. I want to say God bless you. God give you the, your heart's desires. And I want to also tell all of us here and those watching, may God grant you your heart's desires. May God bless you. May God bless the works of your hands. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. God bless you. And those on Zoom, 